But you're you're all right. We don't have stickers, Tony. Okay, sweet. Yes, it's been. See, it's been so long. I don't even have the stickers ready. I don't even know what stickers mean. Well, I'm going to tell you a really cool story. So, welcome back to the Soman Podcast. My name is Matt Brozik. I have a really cool guest today, but we are going to talk about stickers first for all of you who actually listen. For the few people, uh, which how many are there? Uh, actually, there's more than you would think. I had a neighbor come down the other day and be like, dude, your podcast is cool. I didn't know anybody listened. So now we have at least one fan. <laughs> I didn't know anybody listened. I like that. <laughs> so uh, this is the Soman Podcast sticker, which this is actually yours. Awesome. So Sweet, this thanks. is made. I'm going to don't forget that. Uh, that is made by a now third. Is she 13? Crap. Coca. Her Thir- nickname's Coca. Um, 13 year old. Yeah. Shoot. Are you 12? Th- I think she's 12. She's my niece. Sorry. Sorry, Coca. Anyway, so <laughs> she is a young entrepreneur, and she has a little st- uh, sticker business. Oh, that's awesome. And so when I decided to, uh, or Wade and I decided to do the podcast, I'm like, we should get a sticker. So it's kind of cool. So, so now, what, we contact her, tell her, I mean, send her what, the yeah, logo, you want some send stickers? her anything. You want some stickers? Yeah. Like... Oh, yeah. uh, pastel pencil on the gram. The pa- official pastel pencil on the gram. Okay. Tony usually like throws it up like right about here. No, see that when you go like this, it'll be right there. It'd be perfect. It's probably too high. I don't know where that camera is, but anyway. Um, so we—that's <laughs> the pastel pencil on the gram. We also want to thank Bolt Limbing Studios for having us. Tony's yes. behind the box. He's doing a great job. Looking great in headphones. Way to go! And also recently got a puppy, right? Mm-hmm. Of the, which I don't know the breed because I can't remember. What was it? It's corgi. 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 I don't. Corgi. Corgi. Yeah. With a G. I have hmm. no idea. I'm a lab owner. Maybe you should like show I'm us a picture. So we know this yeah, put yeah. a picture up. I know what a lab looks right? like. Right. <laughs> put the picture up. We'll put it up. It'll be good. Okay. Anyway, so the Snow Soman podcast, we have been vacant. So for anybody who's been uh, wondering where we've been, we've had a few guests that have had to reschedule because of just whatever. So you have uh, that many listeners that you think people are going to wonder where you're at? Uh, that's what so my neighbor Jason was like, why haven't you put one out? Because we were like once a week and then we Got went it. every other week for a little while because we had guest problems. And now, I'm impressed. Now we're getting back into it. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's really fun. But yeah. anyway, I have Emily Giddings, Hello. who is the owner of uh, Giddy Skin. Yeah. Right? Did I yes. get it all right? You got it all right. Oh my gosh. That's so nerve wracking. Yeah. Like you think I like to talk to people, but that is like the most nerve wracking part is remembering <laughs> Make sure you get their, company their right. name and what they do. <laughs> and I'm supposed to know that. That's yeah. the scariest part. Yes. So we know each other a little bit. A little bit. Okay. So your uh, husband, Clay, mm-hmm. is a cool dude. Mm-hmm. And he likes to do things like I like to do, which is like outside <laughs> hunt fish. Type yes. The of only things. thing he doesn't do is play guitar. That. Yes. So I should put that away. Uh, but yes, that's very true. But we, uh, we've got to know each other over the last couple, two years? Yeah, two years. Yeah. Kind of. You have two kids. Yeah. People were asking us how we know each other. Uh, preschool, I think originally was where we Kindergarten. Were. And Wasn't then it Mrs. Shaw? Kindergarten? Yeah. And then kindergarten. Well, Owen had Mrs. Shaw. Did you have, uh, who had one of your kids at Mrs. Shaw? Yeah. Um, I think it was Liam. Liam, Liam I think was yeah. in Owen's class. So anyway, we got to know each other. Yeah. You were wondering what I was doing in the parking lot when everyone else was leaving. And finally, I think Lisa told you that I was listening to my I have an investment call each each morning. Oh, yeah. And so yes. she's like, is, is Matt like just checking up on everybody or what's going on? It's like, it's like no. you didn't know that was Matt. Maybe it's a pedophile just watching kids going out of school. No, it's because I have to take notes during it. So I can't drive and take notes. But anyway. Of course. So that's how we know each driver. other a little bit. And uh, we've gotten together a few times. Yeah. 
but and we should get together more because yes. that's fun. It is. But anyway, you got to come out not too long ago. Mm-hmm. It was a great time. See the band a little bit. Yeah. That was a good time. But sure. anyway, okay, so um, where we usually start like with where you're from, which I've asked you before, but for the podcast listeners, all of the seven or eight plus my grandma that are listening, what uh, where are you from originally? I would actually be impressed if you actually remembered. You're from Iowa. <laughs> okay, so I was born in Mankato, actually. Oh, crap. So... Uh, but yes, in between Iowa and Minnesota, my parents got divorced when I was young, and so we just kept moving back and forth, and Mankato was always the place that we moved back to, so okay. I consider Mankato home. Isn't Clay's from Iowa? He's from Iowa. Okay. No, where in Iowa? Tiny little town named Burt. Burt. That's right. Okay. All right. So how did you guys find each other again? Yeah, that was one of the moves. We moved to Burt for a short period of time. To and, meet him, really? Well, I mean, I was five. He was 11. Like, we were <laughs> not on each other's radars at all. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, it ended up working out, obviously, later in life. But Did you start dating then? <laughs> <laughs> no. I was really good friends with his younger brother, and okay. then they ended up moving in together. And then we started dating. So, like, what age ish? Um, maybe we shouldn't admit say that. Yeah, okay. we shouldn't say that. Okay, so <laughs> older. You were not. You're older. Then five. <laughs> I'm embarrassing myself. Five. Like I said, it's been three weeks since I've done a podcast. I'm going to totally screw this one up, but That's we're okay. going to try our best. That's okay. Um, okay, so, like, tell me a little bit about, like, so were you in Burt for a long period of time? Were just you in a Mankato? short like, Yeah, just a short period of time, maybe five years. Um, and then we moved away to Mankato. I stayed in touch with their family, like I said. So how old were you when you moved from Burt to Mankato? Ten. Ten. That's an exciting age to do yeah, that. Not really. No. Yeah. No. Um, I was homeschooled for the majority of my, I guess, junior high, high really? school years. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I graduated early. Graduated when I was 16. Wow. And then started college at 16. Jeez. And then got my registered nursing license and became a nurse. And I did not know that. Boom, 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 boom. Here I am. <laughs> How did it take microphones and cameras to figure that out? That seems like that would be something that I would be able to pull out of you a lot <laughs> easier than that. <laughs> right. Should I lead with that every time I meet someone mad? I, I mean, come on. Well, okay. No. So being homeschooled. Yeah. So like, was that your request? Was that? Um, was something that? mom just decided to try because we lived in a town. Of 450 people. Okay. So I guess I don't really know what the f- the official push for something like that was. Okay. But And there was plenty of opportunities where she said, okay, if you guys want to go back to school, you can go back to school or you can just stay homeschooled. But, I mean, hello. She did make us wake up early with every other person who had to wake up to go to school. But we were mm-hmm. done with school by noon. So mm-hmm. we spent the rest of our afternoon swimming or, you know, doing sports or whatever the heck we wanted to. So, so what, like, what sports did you do growing up? I mean, I was not good at any of them. <laughs> Okay. Softball and you seem swimming. like an unathletic person. I mean, I I am not a competitive person, and okay. I think that's half my problem. It's okay. just I don't find myself competitive. Don't you have to be a little bit competitive to I be mean, an entrepreneur? A little bit, but like not in the sense of like it's you against me. No. So is it you against you then? Yes. That's where you're. Competitive. I'm challenging myself. Yeah, yeah. Because there's no way you can be an entrepreneur and not be challenged or want to challenge yourself or be competitive. Totally. You have to at some point. Yeah, absolutely. So you just don't like challenging other people? Um, I think part of it is that I don't like being on a team and then maybe doing something that causes the team to fail, if that makes sense. Mm. Like we're in this situation, it's a business, it's mine. Mm -hmm. If I fail at something, I, I don't really consider it a failure. It's more of something that I 
learned from, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when it comes to team-related sports and activities, I think that, you know, you just don't want to let a group of people down where this is just me, right? So yeah. if you screw up, it's your own fault. Yeah. If I screw up, it's on me. <laughs> it only affects me. That's interesting. For the most part. Or in your family and kids and <laughs> yeah. livelihood and reputation and uh, just minor things. Yeah, those are things I don't think about. <laughs> That's for someone else to worry about. Okay, so you're, you got your RN, Yeah. right? So yep. did you start as a nurse, like in a hospital doing stuff like that? Yeah, I actually started out in a nursing home of all things. Got a okay. great perspective on life and death and what exactly I don't want at the end of my life. And then I moved on to the endoscopy center and sedated people, put people to sleep, woke them up. And then kind of as a side thing, I just got interested in the aesthetic industry from um, being exposed to it by doing laser hair removal at first for myself. And my inquisitive mind led me to ask a bunch of questions about lasers for anti-aging and all of that stuff. And then my mind just kept going and learning. (laughs) Okay. So back up. Going too fast. Okay. So you put people to sleep? Yes. So you like you were the person that like, did what? Like, how do you even do that? I don't know how to do that. There are special meds out there, Matt. <laughs> well, like, do you are you, like, doing an IV and then you blast them yeah. with whatever it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, the only time, uh, maybe the only time I've ever had that happen was when I had my wisdom teeth out. Oh, yeah. And so I'm, like, 17 or whatever. Yeah. There's this guy named Dan Baker, which <laughs> he was a couple years older than me in school. So, like, yeah. he's maybe a senior. I'm maybe a freshman or something like that, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And all this, he had this super deep voice, like... And he talked pretty, like, kind of slower. Not that he was slow, but he just talked slower. And I remember, like, laying on the <laughs> on the table or whatever when they were going to take out my teeth. And all of a sudden I look up and it's Dan Baker right on top of me, like, looking over me. And I'm like, Dan, what are you doing here? He goes, I'm in charge of keeping <laughs> your airway open. Your life is in my hands. <laughs> and right at that point I'm like, uh. That's the last thing I remember. And I'm just like, oh, God, I know you away from here. I don't know. uh, I don't know. This is a good. (laughs) Did you have your wisdom teeth taken out at an older age? Uh, I was like freshman or something like that. Oh. But you said he was only two years older than you. Well, whatever it is, it's it's math. But I'm just, I said two (laughs) years and then I was actually thinking about he was probably a senior and I was probably a freshman or sophomore. So I don't know, whatever it was. But yeah. yeah. So (laughs) so sedation, that's like one of the only things I've ever had. But I just remember thinking, oh crap, this is bad. This is, I don't, Dan, no, I don't want, no, not not my life in your hands. And then all of a sudden, and I'm out. Yes. Yeah. And then I came out, like woke up and it's just super loopy. Had no idea what was going on. My mom said I was just a goofball, like, <laughs> talking about this goofy stuff all the time, making comments about people. Like, oh, my gosh, she said I was embarrassing. For some reason, that does not surprise me. No, you talking just, goofy? <laughs> no, just random. I mean, I say dumb stuff now, and I'm mildly responsible. But, no, that was bonkers. But, okay, so, like, is that – tell me how long you were in the nursing home for. A year. Okay, and then you went to the – Endoscopy. Okay, and then – I was there for a total of six years. Okay. Are you married to Clay at this point? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. We got married when I was young. I was 20. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then w- were you married in Mankato? Mm-hmm. Okay. So at this point, you are, you're working and he is doing what? I know he was doing. He's a foreman for an excavating company. Um, he has done like farm management prior to that, okay. um, then got back into excavating. And okay. that's what he currently does now. Hmm. So so now fast forward, you have a couple of kids. 
which they're actually they're twins, right? Correct. Okay. So, like, was that planned? Or was that not? Or was it just like miraculous that that happened? How did that all go? <laughs> Do I should I even ask that question? We can cut that out if you want. <laughs> no need to cut it out. Okay. Um, we had a couple of miscarriages prior to, so we were planning on getting pregnant. Okay. Um, just not with twins. I didn't want twins. My sister had had twins before me, and I saw what she went through, and I was like, oh dear God, just give me one, please. And then poof. Um, and then poof, twins. And then the pregnancy was bad, and now I'm kind of glad we have two. So really, yeah, because we're so, not gonna have any more. So you like just didn't go well like you didn't feel well or was like medically not good medically not good i i mean i didn't feel well either i was puking like 78 times a day from the very beginning um then went on bed rest early so and then delivered them two months early and then my organs shut down somewhere in there really so just a lot of different things minor things (laughs) just minor things organs whatever just organs you know they recovered three years later but (laughs) but it was like a major deal though I mean, I don't look at it like that because I'm not much of a worrier. I mean, uh, obviously, I had a little bit of medical background, and it's like, okay, it is what it is. I can't change anything about it, so just go with it. With my wife being a labor and delivery nurse, I'm just way too inquisitive about stuff that I shouldn't know about, but (laughs) I just, I listen sometimes when she talks, and it's, yeah, there's a lot there, but anyway. Yeah. Okay, so, like, did that change, becoming a mom, did that change your perspective on life at all? You talked about being at the nursing home and changing your perspective on life and death, yeah. what you did and didn't want to becoming a mom. Was that like a big? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, it, I mean, your life all of a sudden became that much more important because, mm-hmm. you know, before if you got killed in a car accident, who cared? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you'd be leaving two kids behind and mm-hmm. who's going to take care of them? Mm-hmm. So they're, well, let's see, they're probably eight. They are. Mm-hmm. They're eight. Oh, yeah. I can't do mental math, but they're the same age as Owen, so yeah. I should probably remember. That. Right? They're the same age as Owen? I think so. Is yeah. Owen eight? Yes. Yeah. yeah I got it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So, like, so now we're getting into you being a nurse, and now what you do is not, I mean, you don't necessarily need an RN degree to, to open up the business you have now, or do you? Um. I mean, you don't need to be an RN to open up the business aspect of things, but you certainly should have that type of background to okay. um, do injectables and um, perform the services, I guess, that I do. Okay. Um, I do work with a medical director as well, or actually a couple of them. Great, great people. Um, and we just have a great old time. I've hired on a couple of people as well, so there's now a team of us. And you have Melissa. Yes. Cooper. Yes. Who's been on the podcast. She was up on that screen talking awesome. to us from Mexico. Awesome. Yeah. So she's. Yeah. Life must be rough for her, from her. Sometimes she's in this place. Sometimes she's in that place. Well, she's she's back in Canada now. I just okay. talked to her. Yeah. Uh, you, I mean, you talked to her a little bit too, but like some of the stuff that she's talking about, what Canada's doing is like just bonkers. Oh, I haven't talked to her about that. Ask her. Okay. I will do. Ask her. Yeah. She'll give you a lowdown. It is, I mean. Insane. COVID related? Just. Like, the amount of government intervention in a normal person's life is, I mean, what if, if what she's telling me is correct, it's pretty unbelievable. Interesting. That would never happen here. So I mean, could, never say you'd never. Have, you'd have a lot of people with guns that'd be pretty pissed <laughs> off. In Canada, they're all just like, it's okay, sorry. <laughs> if we just watch some hockey and have some goulash? Goulash. <laughs> True. So true. They're such. They're they're very agreeable. They're very nice people. Yeah. But where were we? Okay. So, as a, a one, <coughs> of, one of the themes that we have that we didn't really even ask for or think of, maybe we thought of a little bit, but is like from an entrepreneurship standpoint. Mm-hmm. So I found that there's really two different mindsets, and they're they oftentimes don't overlap, but they change 
like your, your mind changes from the way that you think from a employee perspective to an employer perspective and like an entrepreneur perspective or the creating a business or creating a thing, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. So did you have like a, I'm an employee. Now I want to be an employer. Did that happen quickly? Did you even think about that? No, never. (laughs) I mean, I'm not even kidding you. Like before this idea came into my head, I was like, I'm just, I'm going to be a nurse for the rest of my life. Right. So when did this idea come up to have giddy skin? I think it came about when like my, I was, I was sick of driving back and forth to the places where I was working with the cities and then over in South Dakota. And okay. So you were driving there for what reason? I was working with some medical spas up there just kind of on days off and weekends and evenings and that sort of thing. So um, Clay was never going to move. He came from a town of 450 people. Mm -hmm. Mankato is huge to him. (laughs) Let's face it. (laughs) Overwhelmingly so. Um, Although I would have been very agreeable to leave the city. Um, I think that it was just a choice. Mm -hmm. You know, this is – although the biggest small town ever – it's just something that I think is big enough for him. Mm-hmm. So, and we're establishing a community here, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was like, okay, I can either do this here or I got to let it go. You know, you want to spend more time with your kids and your family. Granted, does a business do that for you? <laughs> Not necessarily, <laughs> but I learned that after the idea. fact, right? You had a, you had a good heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do. I should say that. That's a bad way to put it. Um, but yeah, I mean, then that came about and I was like, okay. I mean, let's do this. A couple, you know, events in life that just was like, okay, like this is the right choice. This is, you know, something we're just going to give it a go. And if it fails, like, I mean, I learned something, right? Like what events? Um, or can you share? I mean, you don't have to if you don't. No, want no, no. I mean, there isn't like anything like super huge, but just I was kind of. It was like a monotonous job. Like mm-hmm. I like the endoscopy center and everybody that I worked with, but it was doing the same thing over and over, and I recognize that the thing that I loved about my job most was meeting new people, mm-hmm. hearing about new businesses in town just by like, hey, where do you work? What do you do? You know, that type of question that you do to people. And then they say, I work for this person or that person. And you're like, I never even knew that company existed. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I liked most about my job, which you can do that a lot of different places. It doesn't have to be at the same, you know, day-to-day monotonous job. So did you start your current business as your part-time and it went to your full-time or did you just <clears throat> cut the ties on the old stuff and start this business? I went down to part-time and endoscopy first and that was the summer before they started school and so I really wanted to spend the summer with them. At that point, yes, I was doing a ton of business research, the business aspect of it. You mm-hmm. know, where are you going to land yourself? What location are you going to do? I mean, obviously there's a ton that goes into that. Um and so I did some of that over the summer before they started school. And actually, I opened in September when they started school. So it actually just the timing worked out. It was mm-hmm. it was good timing. So how much research did you do? Like, tell me the, the process of educating yourself to knowing what you needed to do to put your sign out and say, hey, I'm here. Yeah. So I met with the Small Business Development Center here at in this building, actually. Mm-hmm. And they were super just great about saying, okay, you need a business plan that gets you a loan, or at least you can go into banks and financial companies to get a loan. I wanted to purchase my equipment. I didn't want to rent the equipment. <clears throat> so that requires a loan, obviously. Um, and then Did figuring- Did scare you? To get a loan? Borrowing money? Borrowing money. Um, I guess not, no. Like it scared claim more than anything, but I mean- 
I, apparently my brain is a risk taker. I learned that about myself. Is um, brain or brain is is clay more of like a, a black and white like number type brain versus he's, a? He's very more analytical. Let's just do some stuff. Yes, he's analytical. <laughs> he wants to know everything that's going to go wrong before it goes wrong, and then have figured out a way to solve anything that could go wrong before mm-hmm. it goes wrong. Um, and I'm just like, a, let's worry about it when the problem occurs, mm-hmm. and then we'll muddle our way through it. Which is why you and I aren't foremen for a construction <laughs> right. company. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You'd be like, oh, crap, we shouldn't have put that there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, take that back up. I'm sorry. That was, that was, that was wrong. <laughs> it's so true. Because, oh, so like, Lisa awesome. and Clay would be like, um, page 47 said <laughs> – that that doesn't go there. I'd be like, I didn't read the book. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was busy doing other stuff. <laughs> oh gosh, that's so, so true. Is, I mean, that that kind of seems like it. Uh, you, you like when you and I talk, it seems like you and I are similar in that fashion. Where it's like you just jump off the cliff and figure it out. It's but uh, if you if you think about it though, you know, back to your point of saying like there's two different types of people. Like anytime you meet a business owner, you can tell that they have the same mind. Mm-hmm. Like if you come to them just like I did with you, like. Matt, I'm like super struggling. I'm thinking about changing things up, marketing so I can condense all of these different things together so mm-hmm. not five different people are doing them, but one person's doing them. Um, you're like, I've got somebody, you mm-hmm. know, like stuff like that. I've talked to somebody else about it not that long ago, and they're like, I'll create a marketing company for you. I'm like, um, no need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but your business mind is constantly moving. Like, do yeah. you have something in your brain that could solve that other person's problem, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. And they should just take the risk. So did you – like do you feel yourself – let me back up. Do you feel like you're a creative person? Um, do I have like three other business plans in my head? Yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you just feel like you're a creative person though? Yeah. If you look at my house, you, you'll see I've got several different paintings in my house that were done by me. Okay. And I constantly feed that into the kids too. So. To be a creative person. To be creative, yeah. When Use you your were, imagination. When you were growing up, did you feel like that was – uh, encouraged, discouraged, or just not even a thing? Um, kind of a little bit of both. I mean, my dad was like a world of possibilities. You can do anything. You can be anything. Like, go out there and grab it, you know? Mm-hmm. Did a lot of traveling, a lot of international traveling with my dad's side of the family growing up. And so th- the world seemed so big and possibilities seemed everywhere, mm-hmm. right? And the artsiness kind of comes from my dad's side of the family as well. Mm-hmm. My grandpa was very artistic. And, yeah, I just – I am so intrigued by arts. Mm-hmm. But obviously I went to school for sciences, so <laughs> those weren't so unintriguing to me either. <laughs> what, what I find interesting – so growing up, I graduated from Mankato East in 05, if I remember right. Anyway, the point is – is like being a creative person wasn't like a thing that was even that I even remember being talked about or I mean it maybe was but it was like I played football and stuff it was like that that wasn't the creative side just wasn't necessarily nourished mm-hmm. if that makes sense but did you do music then I did so like I started playing guitar when I was uh maybe 8th grade okay ninth grade and like that was the turning point of like finding a being a creative. creator, okay? Yeah. yeah. And what was really interesting is uh, if I uh, – I don't think I've introduced you to Dave yet. Dave Newell? Mm. No? You'll, I'll, that'll be in another introduction. Okay. Next time you're telling me all the problems, <laughs> I'll be like, stop. I got a guy. I got a guy. Um, but he was really interesting. He's like a 
he's uh, like a business coach for me. Mm-hmm. So like all the problems that you can't mm-hmm. take to normal people, mm-hmm. I just blurt everything to Dave. And mm-hmm. I'm, you just you can say stuff that you just can't say to normal people. Sounds like a guy I need to talk to. Yes, where you just can <laughs> – like you're not complaining. You're just like – he asks, so what's going on? And then all of a sudden 20 minutes later he's like, okay, that's yeah. some stuff. I wrote down six things that you just did. Now let's solve all of them. You know, like, Got it. And it's really fun. But the point was – is he told me something that I'll never forget. And this is only like three years ago, four years ago. But he goes, I get it. And I'm like, get what? He goes, you're a creator. And I'm like, what? Uh, no, nah. Like, I was almost afraid to be a creative person because mm-hmm. that was like non-businessy. You know, mm-hmm. like in my brain, it was like mm-hmm. businesses are like numbers and, you know, profits and losses. And like that was mm-hmm. like it's revenues and expenses. And like yeah. that's how I thought. Yeah. And then he goes, you're not, this is it. You're not satisfied unless you're creating something. Mm -hmm. And that opened a world to me that I had not realized that I lived in. And it was so much fun. So now, like, living in that world and saying to myself, like, it's okay that I don't remember, like, if I necessarily go to, it's <laughs> a bad example, if I take my kids to the dentist and I don't remember all their birthdays lickety split because I'm thinking about other stuff <laughs> and the gal's like, you know, okay, so who's the patient? And like, oh, that's Merrick. What's his birthday? I'm like, oh, crap. Um, three, uh, 10, 28, 12? No? Okay, that's not the one. This um, is my child. Yeah, I'm like, I swear <laughs> this is my kid. And they're looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, but that's not the way my brain works. I'm always looking at things as not as they are is how, what we can change that to be mm-hmm. to do something different, mm-hmm. to be more productive, be yeah. more efficient, to yeah. create something that brings value in yeah. other ways. Yeah. And I think to your point of entrepreneurs think a different way, mm-hmm. you can recognize that in other people mm-hmm. that they – and that's what's so fun about meeting other people mm-hmm. that are like that because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, God, oh my God, God. you're like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you, you recognize it. Yeah. And it's not something necessarily that I mean, you can learn it a little bit. It's almost just intrinsic. Yeah. It's there or it's not. I didn't really know that that existed, though. I think I've learned a lot about myself since opening the business because mm-hmm. of that. Like, there's so many different – I mean, it's okay not to be able to do it all. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have the capability of doing it all. And I think at first, like, I thought I need to wear all of these hats and I need to do them 100% well. Mm-hmm. But then you realize you can't. Like, you physically do not have time in a day to be able to do that all. And so it's like pick out the things that you're really good at Mm -hmm. and then pass off all the crap that you're not. Mm -hmm. It's freeing. It is. Yeah. When you can recognize what your strong suit is and what's not your strong suit, like, that's – it is really freeing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, like, this makes my life feel more organized even though I'm not doing it all. And it's hard to do that because at the core of someone who's creating something – is there at least has a minor ego. You know what I mean? Like, even if you're painting, you have some type of buy-in to this thing that you're doing. And so there's some type of ego to not be able to do all of it or Mm -hmm. actually say to yourself, I'm not physically capable or mentally capable of doing it all. Yeah. That's hard to do. Mm -hmm. But it's freeing when you start thinking that way. Yeah, definitely. And accepting it. Yes. Yeah. What is this, a therapy session, Matt? It. Maybe. <laughs> Usually therapy is not public information, but anyway. Hey, whatever. If we got if it works us through our crap, we're good, right? <laughs> well, you should be on the phone with Dave. You should hear some <laughs> sessions. Dave, if you're listening, hi. He knows. <laughs> but um 
No, it, it is it is really difficult as a business owner to try to do that and be a mom and a wife and a community member and volunteer and do it like all of that stuff. That's not easy to balance. Yeah. Especially in the world we live in where just things are busy. Yeah. Everybody's everywhere. Everybody's everywhere. So. Yeah. Okay, so back up now. So you wanted to start this business. We had talked originally that you didn't like challenging other people or, or competing against other people. Mm-hmm. You like competing against yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I chose all sports growing up, like swimming. It was something like you wanted to beat your own time, right? Like it yep. wasn't, I. yeah, you were a part of a team. But ultimately in the end, it was like, did I do one second better than the last race that I did? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I liked water sports because they weren't competitive. I liked downhill skiing because it wasn't competitive. You know, mm-hmm. like I like being athletic and I like doing things, yep. but doing things that are not competitive, which I see that in my daughter too. Mm-hmm. Like she likes to do all of these things, but she doesn't want to have to fail anybody else. <laughs> Imagine that. She also informs me she wants to be a boss. So watch out world. <laughs> so do you have, do you have a fear of failure? Um, no, because I look at failure as not necessarily something that's a bad thing, mm-hmm. but something that no matter what area you fail in, um, you, you're learning from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the opportunity to go out to New York um, this last f- uh, summer, mm-hmm. and July, and we went and saw a castle. Long story short, anyway, there was a entrepreneur <clears throat> who had started the Waldorf Astoria. In, in a letter that he had written to one of his employees, he had, say, he had said in the letter, um, and if you make mistakes, we'll learn from your mistakes. And he didn't say, if you make a mistake, you'll learn from your mistake. It's, if you make a mistake, we, we will learn from your mistake. Mm-hmm. Just kind of taking ownership that it's okay for you to make a mistake. It's okay for you to fail. We'll learn from it. Mm-hmm. And so I've just kind of taken that at heart and just like, yeah, there are going to be times when we fail or make a mistake. We're going to learn from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing's that bad, right? <laughs> it's not life or death. Sometimes it seems, seems that way. Sometimes it seems that <laughs> on way. On the spot? Yeah, yeah. It's like on the spot it does. <laughs> But, like, in hindsight, like, you learn from it. Like, if you don't ever walk any hard, then how do you know how to cope with hard when it comes? And that's so interesting, too, because I think there's so many people now today that are trying to, like, uh, insulate themselves from anything going wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the exact opposite of how you figure out who you are, what you should do, what what brings fulfillment Mm -hmm. in your life. Mm -hmm. Like, you need to fall flat on your face, like, way (laughs) on your face, hard, multiple times, where you can just be like, Oh, I mean, you've probably had those drives where you're just driving home and you're just like, oh my gosh, that was bad. I didn't do that. That was not good. <laughs> but then the next day you get up and you just go after it again. Yeah. Yeah. But that's fun. Yeah, it is fun. In the long term. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, on the spot. Yeah, cool. on the spot, not so much. In the long term, you learn from it. it. Makes you a better person. So you've been doing your business for how long? Uh, September 2018. So it is going on three years. Wow. So are there other businesses that are like yours that are in the area, or is it, are you pretty much exclusive? I think there's two. Uh, okay. One came after me, and one was before me. So what is it that you do? So we do facial aesthetics um, <laughs> and laser treatments, and now we've entered the world of body contouring. So What does that mean? <laughs> so we currently have a machine that has the capability to eliminate fat and build muscle at the same time. 
And in the industry of beauty or aesthetics, people want to look and feel better about themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So this addresses body fat areas or muscle loss areas and targets that specifically versus like other laser treatments that we do is laser hair removal, um, breaking apart brown spots, trying to put this in layman's terms for you, breaking about Part brown spots, you sit okay. a lot in the sun all the time. It appears as if you wear sunscreen, which is great. You should. Everybody should prevent mm-hmm. skin cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you do have any sun damage, then we also can take care of that. So, so like, tell me the, the typical person that's walking in through your door. Um, like, do you have a demographic? Is it, like, you know, dudes like me that are coming <laughs> in for whatever body contouring? <laughs> I do have I do have guys that come okay. in to me. Um, mainly, they're there for injectables like Botox or okay. filler. I do have a couple that like to utilize the body contouring device, and um, most of them are in. If they're in for any laser treatments, it's typically laser hair removal. So, what what does Botox even do? So, Botox relaxes the muscle, causes your muscles not to move. So, I'm frowning at you, but my muscles aren't coming together. Now, if you were to do it, your muscles come together. Yep. So you can put Botox in muscles, cause them to freeze. So do lines you, and wrinkles. Do you lose your facial expressions? At Did that I point? lose my facial expression, Matt? Uh, I don't know, but <laughs> look at your camera and we'll side by side, move our faces around. Um, no, you can still express yourself. Okay. Um, you just don't have the c- continuous movement of your muscles, making those muscle contractions, causing your forehead skin to come together. Or some people will do the crow's feet. It really depends on what you're looking to target. Okay. Botox um, or neuromodulators, as they're known on the market, are mainly placed in the upper face, but okay. you can certainly inject stuff on the lower face as well, depending on what you're hoping to accomplish. So when you have someone come in, mm-hmm. you basically have a consultation that says, you know, what... Yeah, the first time I see them, I always do a consultation with them. Um, Consultations, we usually have enough time to do service at the same appointment Mm -hmm. if they want to, but obviously there's no obligation. But it's just a place where they can kind of talk about different things that they want to work on, and then we can kind of talk about how we can, you know, work through it for them, whether it's skincare or whether it's um, fine lines and wrinkles, whether it's they want Botox, whether they want to fill something back up. Filler's different than Botox where it, if you know, if you're starting to sag a little bit, we can lift you up a little bit or we can fill some lines a little bit. And that. So eventually do they kind of just look like this after a while? <laughs> not if you have a well-trained <laughs> injector. That's not what we're going for. Because you see, okay. You want it to look so, natural. You don't want it to look over and Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. okay. So, because you see, like, I don't even know who these people are because I pay no attention to it. Like, um, there are people that you pass every single day. Yeah, well, oh, no, I'm saying, like, you see, like, okay, you're walking through the grocery store, which is less and less because people just deliver it to you. Now, but, <laughs> like, you see whatever magazine cover, and these, like, people, like, you know, I can't even remember who they are. But I look at Celebrity A, and I'm like, you know what? 12 years ago, I thought you were kind of cute. And now you look like you've just been <laughs> blasted in the face with everything. Like, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, I don't think you're going to do that. But, like... W- there are certain people that will come in and, and have that as a desired effect. Um, there are times that I've had to say people, not, sorry, no, like, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not staking claim on any part of your Where face. Where their lips are now, like, the size of, like, yeah. their whole face or something yeah. like that. And when they leave there because they got it somewhere else, you're just like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> please, nobody see them. I don't want anybody to know they walked out of here. <laughs> so how long does it, like, is, is a uh, Botox filler or whatever it might be, is mm-hmm. that something that you do... 
every week, every month, once a year? Yeah, so it cha- changes depending on what you're getting. But with neuromodulators, it's usually three to five months. And a what a modulator? Botox. Yeah, what's what, what's the correct or what, whatever term you just used? So Botox is kind of like Kleenex. You don't go to the store and buy a tissue for your nose, right? Everybody mm-hmm. calls it Kleenex. But there's Kleenex and Puffs and the off brand oh, of, okay. you know, whatever. Oh, okay. So there's the same thing with Botox. Everybody knows it as Botox, but yep. there's other neuromodulators out there like Dysport okay. and Javot and Zeman and so the, the industry has other ones out there, but yeah. most people speak in the language of Botox. I get it. Collectively, they're called neuromodulators. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So, like, if I come in there and I'm like, hey, you need to fix, like, all these problems, all whatever, like, mm-hmm. you're just basically going to say, based on what is ever going on, mm-hmm. you need to be here every six months or three months or... I mean, Once yeah, it depends on – obviously, it depends on what you are hoping to accomplish. I'm not yeah. going to tell somebody you have to do this. Um, you make recommendations. Yeah, make recommendations of it. And then filler lasts usually a year um, to 18 months, depending on depending on what type of filler you're getting, depending on where you're placing it. Okay. Yeah. So that's just a little bit – that lasts a little bit longer. So every year they would need a maintenance, I guess. Okay. So – what makes you like to do that? I think my artistic side, as you like to point out. <laughs> because you have to be able to look at someone's face and, like, see what they need, right? You have mm-hmm. to be able to be like, okay, so no one person's face has complete symmetry. So do you look at me and you're like, I pulled that eye a little bit <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> but, like, you have a long side to your face and a short side to your face. Mm-hmm. And I can differentiate that with mm-hmm. an individual. And, I mean, even when we're injecting, you're not going to have two symmetrical sides to your face. Um so so that's normal. Like, it's totally normal. Because I've looked at myself one time <laughs> and I've, I've noticed this, like, my my eyes and my face are not aligned. Yeah, that's normal. Okay, good. I thought I would, like, had a chromosome missing or something like that. <laughs> could be. Uh, could, but that, I'm not judging it off problem. your face. It's <laughs> <laughs> my face is fine. It's my brain that's an issue. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, like, uh, what is the – see, you have your – place downtown here, which is not yeah, very far, right? Correct. So do you have another location or is that the main one right now? That's the main one. Okay. Don't have so, another location. So are you looking to expand? You said you were talking about hiring new people? Yeah. We've got a couple RNs that have come on board okay. to inject as well, which is great, or to do, do services, which is awesome. Okay. Um, and as far as expansion goes, I mean, like, I don't want to say no because I'm an entrepreneur and, <laughs> you know, my business brain always goes. Yeah. But I don't think so. Not at this time. Do you find it um, – maybe this is a good question or a bad question. I don't know if it's going to be, but whatever. So it's – entrepreneurs are rare. Entrepreneur, are they? Well, they are. We're super rare. <laughs> like, extremely rare. Like, uh, I would venture a guess that only 15% of the, like – populace is ever wanted or has ever started a business hmm. agree or disagree um i i would probably agree with you but i guess like I've never i look around up. and i watch like all of these like logoed vehicle i was just up in the cities today and mm-hmm. i'm like thinking there's a business owner behind that company there's a business business owner behind that company like there's a business owner behind that company and i'm just like holy crap there's so many companies out there but think about how many business owners there are in that company and how many entre- uh, how many uh, employees are in that company and the ratio between the two. Yeah, I suppose. My That's guess true. is, I don't know. Tony can maybe look that up if he's not busy back there. But so it's it's unusual to be an entrepreneur. It's unusual to be a younger-ish, whatever that is. I don't know. I don't, you didn't want me to talk about age earlier, so I'm not going to. <laughs> but like a uh, younger female entrepreneur is, that's not typical. 
do you like? Do I feel atypical? I mean, not for that reason, no. No. Okay, no. so what do you feel atypical for? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> no, no real reason. No reason. So, do you want like as you talk about with your kids? I mean, mm-hmm. your, your children are eight, so they're not like mm-hmm. you know, they're not maybe. And to be honest with you, I try to keep them out of this world entirely. Out of your like your world is yeah. in the business world. Yeah. Well, not necessarily the business aspect of things, but, like, I don't – I mean, I'm kind of very consciously aware. Like, I don't want Lucy watching me look in the mirror. I don't want Lucy watching me do any of my services to anybody else. I don't want her – I don't want to build up this thing that she needs to change herself before she ever becomes herself, if mm-hmm. that makes sense, body image-wise. So I get a little nervous with her being around the industry and that okay. sort of thing. I mean, if she knows that I help people with their acne, fine, whatever. I'm cool with that. Yep. But I don't – I don't – really want her to know all the other things that I do. Is she going to come across it way sooner than I think she is because there's podcasts out here that I'm doing with you? I mean, maybe. <laughs> but I don't know. There's something about that that really um, I'm very cautious of, I guess you could say. So what's the line between, like, do you have a specific age that you have to be to be able to come in? Or no, not like, at all. Okay. Um, an adult, 18, I would say, but I see quite a few 18-year-olds, to be honest with you, which it really surprises me. But, you know, a lot of times it doesn't necessarily mean they're getting injectables. So Mm -hmm. So, that's a good question. I don't want, like, I have two daughters. I don't want, and, you know, Isla's six and Greta's, you know, she's whatever, 13, 14 months old. But I don't want them to feel they have to do outside stuff to feel internally happy. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. So is that... Is that a struggle at all for your business when those are outside of what's the right word? Those are things from the outside to control what they feel like inside. Yeah. You know what, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're asking if I, if when they come in, I struggle with them coming to me well, or see that. Let's see. I mean, yes, they're seeing. A 22 year old that comes in and you're like, you look awesome. Yeah. And they're like, oh my gosh, look, I have a minor wrinkle. It's like, babe, like you're doing fine. Like you don't need. <laughs> any of that. I Do mean, I get to yeah. say that? No. Probably can't say. I'm, gonna, I'm probably being sexist by just saying babe, but whatever. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> whatever. Um, I... I do struggle with that to some degree, but they're getting fed by social media and they're getting fed by Facebook. If you look at it that way, I'm part of the problem, right? Mm -hmm. Because I hire social media people (laughs) to put this stuff out here just as much as the aesthetic industry does all over, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I hate social media. Me too. Absolutely freaking hate it. But it also is what's necessary for a business, especially in this industry. Mm -hmm. So... Am I playing that game? Yeah. Do I believe that girls should be influenced by those sorts of things that they look at online? No. That's a hard what are line. they? It's a, that, yeah, totally. And it's not like whether you're going to or not, they're still going to be yeah. consuming that. They're still going to be, yeah. Whether they're coming to me or they're going to someone else, they're still doing it. So then the thing would be to be a good enough parent to instill. To yeah, they're never getting a cell phone. Oh, my gosh. Did you watch Social Dilemma on Netflix? Uh, you watch Social Dilemma on Netflix? Your kids will never have social media. I mean, oh like, no, thank you. Flip phones. When can those come back? Those should come back right yeah. away. My grandparents have a flip phone, and so I had to go over to their house to figure something out on their email and their iPad. They needed two-factor authentication, oh, and I flipped out. Like, I grabbed their their phone. And I'm like, how does? Oh. Oh, my gosh, it opens. I'm, like, touching the screen. I'm like, oh, that's right. It's not a touch screen. And then when texting, you have yeah. to hit the button, like, three yeah, times like to get the letter you you know, need. so it's yes. like you got to <laughs> f- 
figure that out. It's like not actual letters. I'm like, oh my gosh, gosh. this was unbelievable. But those, like, that was, that was so much more of an innocent phone in every way possible. Absolutely. And Absolutely. now now we have just mini computers that yeah. like this all the time. Is like 30 times greater than whatever they took to the moon the first time. But yet I can't I can't not have one. Mm-hmm. I can't not have I mean my life is on my phone. Mm-hmm. I mean my schedule, my calendar, mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. My grocery list. Mm-hmm. I mean I don't write a grocery list on a piece of paper because God knows it's going to be left at home. The musky <laughs> list of all the stuff I'm packing tonight is on here. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, try to remember that. No, can't. Yeah. I can't remember what I'm doing tomorrow. I, yeah, I do. Actually, tomorrow. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I have a musky tournament. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Most days. I have to, like, look at what in the world I'm actually doing yeah. the night before. Yeah, totally. But it's it, – so do you think at some point – this is off topic now, but – so do you think at some point, like, there's going to be – society's going to go so fast with phones and, like, instant this and all the time that people are going to – Eventually, just be like, I don't know if this is the greatest anymore, and slow down. I think we're already there. Slowing down? I think we're already there. Only from the standpoint of 2020 hit, right? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people during that time frame recognize the importance of time Mm -hmm. and family and where Mm -hmm. they want to allocate their time. Mm -hmm. Um, Did some people learn anything in that? No. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, absolutely. There are those exceptions that are like, oh, my God, I can't wait to go a million miles a minute again, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but I think there's a lot of people that I feel like have taken the opportunity to slow themselves mm-hmm. and at least recognize, like, where they're spending their time. Mm-hmm. But Our most, most valuable resource. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll just notice that in, like, magazines coming out or newspapers going out or that sort of thing. I think – I mean, I guess maybe I'm old school. I could totally be that. But I appreciate, like, sitting and reading a newspaper mm. and sitting and reading a magazine mm-hmm. because it's paper. Mm-hmm. But I also like books. So. There's a, a study that I saw, and I can't remember where it was, so I can't cite it. But there was a study that I saw that you retain, it was a substantial amount, like two times as much information reading it when it's tactile in mm-hmm. front of you instead of on a screen. Mm-hmm. So they took a bunch of people and like you read the same article on your phone versus you read the article, piece of paper printed out or in a magazine or a periodical or something yeah. like that. And the people that read it with the tactile physical contact took way more out of the article than did the phone people, which I think is interesting. That is interesting. I don't know why, but there was a conclusion, but I can't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. Because I was probably reading it on my phone and I I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) That's probably it. (laughs) That's probably what it was. But I think, like, to me, everything is cyclical. Like... I mean, you could go down. I'm a big fishing nerd, but like even fishing, like you all are. The, oh my gosh, it's bad. No it's so bad. idea. I can't even get through my life without a day without thinking about. It. But like everything is. I'm a history and philosophy student. Okay, like I look back at history and everything is cyclical, mm-hmm. and it usually happens about every 80 years. There's four generations, and it usually just kind of goes like this. Now it might look a little different, might taste a little different, but it's generally yeah, about the Yeah, but technology and cell phones and all that, that hasn't even been around 80 years. That's correct. Yeah. So the other thing to consider is, is like there's so many technologies that change the way that humans interacted. The Industrial Revolution was a gigantic leap forward. Mm-hmm. Even though to us it looks literally like snails barely moving on the pavement. At the time, a train going across the United States was like warp speed. People, I mean, that was bonkers where you could get from – uh, let's just say St. Louis or Chicago to New York in a couple days, that mm-hmm. was like bonkers because mm-hmm. it usually took months 
to get there. Yeah. So you look at the exponential pace of life at that point, mm-hmm. at, and this is at the end of uh, the 1800s into the 1900s, the second half of the 1800s, really. And like that was a substantial thing. You look at the printing press in during the Industrial Revolution, which is in the late 1700s. Like that stuff changed the way that people consumed media where mm-hmm. you could actually have a periodical that you could produce every day and you could just sit there with a thing and just print it mm-hmm. over and over again. To me, this is just another alliteration of that mm-hmm. or iteration, alliteration, whatever. But to me, at some point, I think that people are going to want to slow down, like just like you were talking about, because at a certain point, you go so fast with your life. Mm-hmm. If you don't stop and take a mental picture every once in a while, you're going to wonder what the hell happened and you're mm-hmm. 80 years old. Mm-hmm. You know? So I don't know if I have really any point of that, but <clears throat> I think at some point that. I mean, I guess it really depends on like what circle you live in. I mean, you know, to the technology point, a lot of people went to technology because of school, right? Mm-hmm. So then technology got thrown further into people's faces. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess if you look at it from that standpoint, you could say that technology is not going anywhere. I, mm-hmm. I don't think it ever will be gone forever, obviously, but um, that could have shoved people mm-hmm. further down the rabbit hole of stick your face in front of a screen. But then you've got, I feel like we live in maybe a circle of people that are really just evaluating, like, where do you spend your time? Who do you spend your time with? What are you accomplishing or gaining from the people that you spend your time with? Mm-hmm. And how do you want to be remembered in life by those who are closest to you? Mm-hmm. Um, and to that point, Clay and I are actually making that change of, you know, he's going to come work for the business because essentially, like, he spends a lot of time out of the house, away from the house, and away from the kids and I. And so more time. Mm -hmm. We want more time. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no reason why we can't have it. Mm -hmm. We just have to create that space for it. Mm -hmm. And it's on us to do that. So, yeah. And kudos to you to actually ask yourself the existential questions of that. Yeah. Because those are not questions that most people want to ask or deal with because they're difficult. Well, I mean, and society has made us think that we need this and we need that and we need this and we need that. And it's like, I've never been one that needs a ton of money. I don't need a ton of things. I'm not a very materialistic person. I mean, despite what my job might say about me, but I just like time with people and building Mm -hmm. deep connections with people and relationships. Mm -hmm. And Clay and I both love serving, but when you don't have any time to serve anybody, you can't serve people and then it doesn't feed into you, right? Mm -hmm. So you just need more time. Well, how do you create that is by you have to take charge and actually make it happen. So So what's interesting about what drew me to to talk to you today (laughs) is and I think you just said it in a roundabout way, is the reason you're doing this and the reason uh, Clay is doing this is because at the very bare bones of it, it's fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Like you enjoy, you just, you said, you enjoy creating connections with people. You enjoy mm-hmm. serving others and mm-hmm. providing value to other people. Yeah. And so I think at the very core of every good person every entrepreneur and what I think is maybe lacking in general society is people (laughs) that are, they're trying to find that fulfillment in like playing candy crush on this thing. You know what I mean? It's like, that's never going to bring, never going to bring, or like buying a boat, which I shouldn't give as an example because whatever. I I bought a boat (laughs) and you have two of them. (laughs) My, 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 okay. So here's, here's a great example. People ask me all the time. They're like, so how can like musky fishing bring you like, um, fulfillment as an example for me musky fishing or just like i just found a thing i have another client who she her thing is riding horses Mm -hmm. like that's her thing right Mm -hmm. it's irrational you spend too much money on it but it's just it's a thing right and so to me it's like finding time in your life 
to be quiet. Mm -hmm. Just enjoying what's around you. Mm -hmm. To me, it's being outside. It's mm -hmm. being in a boat. It's being quiet. And just having the time to reflect on who you are, where you're at, what are you doing? What are you succeeding at? What are you failing at? Yeah. Are you a good dad, husband? Are you good, uh, or good or bad business owner, father? I mean, like all of those yeah. things. And sometimes you get good answers and sometimes you don't. <laughs> yeah, but at least you're sitting and taking the time to evaluate that. And that's exactly what you're talking about yeah. with you and Clay is evaluating how your life is going, how you want to be remembered by yeah. your kids, your family, the close, mm -hmm. those people closest to you. Mm -hmm. I think that's very cool because not all businesses are trying to do just that. Mm -hmm. Most are trying to let's, make the money. let's just make money. <laughs> but you know what? People see through that instantly. Mm -hmm. Like If you're just trying to make money, people yeah. see in, way yeah. through that. Because yeah. things are so transparent now. Yeah. Google it. It's like you'll find out exactly what they're making, what they're doing. It's all this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose. Instantly. Yep. So to have – I'm just way on a rant now. But to have that personality behind the business mm -hmm. is probably likely. I've never been through your business. I haven't had any laser hair removal or anything like that <laughs> lately. But um, So the point of that is I think the reason that you've been successful is because at the very – base of it is you're trying to serve others mm -hmm. and derive fulfillment, not derive money. That might be the outcome, mm -hmm. but fulfillment is at yeah. its very base. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. what should we talk about now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got super philosophical. That's good. <laughs> so what do you like to do when you're not, you know, spending a zillion hours at Giddy Skin and running around um, adventuring stuff. and traveling is absolutely yeah. like on the top of my list, our list. Um, maybe I've done way too much traveling these last, this last year and a half, but, um, <laughs> traveling is fun. I, I grew up with it. Um, been to, I mean, I don't even know how many countries now, but 14 different countries by the time I was 16. So it's kind wow. of something that was in me yeah. is to want to adventure. Um, you know, a lot of people now, nobody will give anybody grief for being homeschooled. Cause obviously we went through 2020, 2021, but um, back then, homeschool was like, a, oh, you're socially awkward. You don't know how to carry a conversation, and I do not want to meet you, right? Mm -hmm. um, but you can get cultured going to high school in a big city, or you can get cultured by traveling the world, and we had an opportunity to do that growing up quite a bit. And so um, it was a great way to get cultured. You know, there's a lot out there. There's a lot to explore and see and do and I mean in your case you like history right it's so much better to walk it and to see it and to do it than just to read about it in history book mm -hmm. right um so that's probably number one and then boating is another thing Clay and Liam both love fishing and mm -hmm. we all have gotten into water sporting <laughs> which is great so just that time on the lake with family is good mm -hmm. and then in the winter time we try to keep ourselves busy with hitting the slopes because if you're gonna live in Minnesota you gotta know how to do a winter sport <laughs> yes you gotta be occupied doing something of course you know Clay considers ice fishing a winter sport it is totally <laughs> a winter sport tend to argue what are you working out <laughs> Your, your thumb, I mean, your wrist, no, muscles. No, it's more like it. this. Like it's this. biceps. It's like this. <laughs> <laughs> Just the glamour muscles. Yeah. No, that, okay, so out of all your travels, what mm -hmm. are some of the highlights of things that you've seen or done or what adventure that was like, that is a big memory? That's a big memory. Um, so we had the opportunity to go to Israel when I was younger, and we did a lot of traveling in that trip to a few different countries and doing Egypt and Jerusalem, um, those are really 
awesome. I was young. I was Lucy and Liam's age, actually, when I went. But surprisingly, I still have memories of getting on a camel and going up the mountain and at 2 a.m. <laughs> and just random things, you know, that we wow. can appreciate about that trip. Of course, I probably would look at them from a different perspective being an adult than I did as a child. But mm-hmm. it was a cool trip to go on. And then um, I did a medical-type trip to Africa with my mom. Um, at one point, I've been there twice, and that was very interesting to just see healthcare in a rural. I mean, I don't even like to say rural community because rural community in the United States is so much different than yeah. a hut in yes. the middle of, you know, warm desert mm-hmm. area yeah. in Africa. Way different. Way different. Um, and then just going to different places where, like, they've never heard of clothing. So, like, you're walking in this community and everybody is just butt naked. Mm. And it's normal and it's their life. And that's what I mean by you can get real cultured <laughs> in different countries mm-hmm. than, I mean, we didn't experience everything from the tourist aspect of things. You mm-hmm. know, we immersed ourselves in the culture when we went. So I think that's what was so, so fun about it. <laughs> And very memorable. <laughs> I can imagine that yeah. has to be very memorable. So how old yeah. were you when you were in the nudist colony? Um, that particular trip was 16, and then I went back again 10 years later. Wow. So, so yeah. was it the same place? Um, no. Or, I mean, Kenya and Uganda were the countries that we okay. went to, but different um, different villages yeah, okay. yeah, in within that. So when you talk about, like, with your doing stuff with your kids and time. Mm-hmm. So do you want to do the same things with them? I do. Like, I don't know in what capacity. Yeah. It's it's on my bucket list of things to do. Like, obviously, I had done so much traveling when I was younger, and now is, like, the age where they're at. But, you know, we have this stupid thing called COVID going on right mm-hmm. now. And so, like, traveling internationally is a lot more difficult than than it was, you know, when I was younger. And... But yeah, I mean, Clay and I have kind of always had this vision. <laughs> Please don't judge us; <laughs> it never comes to fruition. But um, digging water wells in other countries for mm-hmm. different areas that don't have any water—it mm-hmm. was something I was introduced to when I was younger in obviously very poor countries. Mm-hmm. And so, and obviously with his excavating experience, like this has just kind of come about in our mindset and in our world. So someday, maybe I've been trying to get a hold of groups that already do it, but. It's been 2020 and 2021. I got a guy, and... I got a guy for that. <laughs> well, of course you I'm do. I'm not kidding. I 100% do. Yeah. So that's something that we're, like, passionate about getting on our plate. But, again, we've needed more time. So mm-hmm. Yeah, remind me after we get done. <laughs> I'll send you the email. There's another guy that does it. It's okay. awesome. Uh, anyway, yeah, we can move beyond that. But So what is, like, out of all the things that you do, mom, all the hats that you wear, uh, wife, all of that, like, where do you see yourself in three years or five years? Do you think that far? Like, what's next for Giddy Skin or Getting Family or you or? Um, I'm not really sure. And I don't know why, but for some reason talking about it is like, okay, what happens if I talk about it and then none of this happens, right? Well, we get like, to throw out ideas. That's, right? Yeah. That's what we do. 90, 95% of what you and I just come up, like the ideas of what we come up with never come to fruition <laughs> because they're super stupid. But it's the so 5% true. is outstanding. It's so true. <laughs> um, I do have a couple other business 
ventures in okay. mind. Um, okay. One of them is a little bit further along than the other. I'm not willing to share either one of them with okay. you right now. Um, but like there's there's always something kind of in my plate. It, it would cause me to have to take a step away from where I'm at right now probably. Mm-hmm. Unless Clay took charge of it, which mm-hmm. could be a possibility. I don't know. We don't know that right now. Um, so it would be very interesting to walk in to like not knowing you or whatever and just like knowing your services and like the menu of services and then like walking in like clay is there like his hat on he will not be in that position ever (laughs) like welcome to gaty scan what do you need (laughs) like wow i didn't think that was the person that was gonna greet me (laughs) i'm in charge i'm in charge yeah Never mind my camo attire. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. He knows he's going to be wearing a button-up shirt to work every day, so. Okay. Good. It could be yeah. a camo button-up shirt. No. Yeah, th- my wife has camo stuff. I will write the dress code to say something different. <laughs> guess, fair enough. Fair enough. So, okay, so, like, when you when you think about the future of, like, doing stuff, mm-hmm. like, do you find that, is it running the business or is it creating the business that you find so rewarding? Probably creating the business that I find mm-hmm. rewarding, to be honest with you. I mean, the business aspect of things, there's an element of it that has always been overwhelming, mm-hmm. I think, from the very beginning. Because I always keep thinking I'm going to have more time. But then I don't get more time. And mm-hmm. so then everything on my plate seems overwhelming, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that could get passed off onto somebody else is technically all the business stuff, right? If you have the person that you trust Mm -hmm. and an analytical mind behind Mm -hmm. it, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, So we're passing the business hat off to somebody else and Mm -hmm. that's okay. Then I can actually do what I like to do Mm -hmm. in the business, if that makes sense. I can use my artsy brain and I can continue to serve people and that sort of thing. But I did enjoy the aspect of watching it all come together too. Like that this is my idea. Now – Watch it happen, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, there were, of course, a ton of bumps along that, on the way that were just like, oh, my gosh, like, how many hiccups are we going to run into here? <laughs> but um, as I think of these other two business ideas that I have in mind, it's exciting. It's exciting to mm-hmm. know, like, who do I need to talk to? What do I need to – and maybe I should talk to you about it. Maybe just not on your podcast. Yeah, we'll set up um, the mic. <laughs> because, hey, you might have a guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but – I think I think that's what's really exciting about it is just mm-hmm. like the fact that you've got an idea. Can you see it come together? Will it come together? And when mm-hmm. it does, what's it going to look like in the in the end? Mm-hmm. You know, not that it will ever be ended, but like mm-hmm. once it's up and running. That's you know. so awesome. So I've really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, it's good to get to know you a little bit more, and it's probably won't be the last time that we talk. Of course not. And so at some point, I'm going to grill you more for these other two business ideas that I won't share on, on, uh, online. But uh, so if someone wants to come and see you do whatever the things the services are, that services, I provide. Yeah, yes. so all those things yeah. that I don't understand, how can they get a hold of you? Um, yeah, so you can book an appointment on giddyskin.com or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram or the phone number that is associated anywhere with the business. You can also text or call that number as well. Sweet. All right. Thank you, Emily. Yeah.